Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. After a long, scorching weekend, we're back live with you, PHNX Cardinals. Bo Brock, I'm joined today by Howard Baltzer, Johnny Venerable, and his entire family. They are on the road, squeezing out the rest of the break until, of course, training camp hits. Howard, less than a week from today, my man. We, this is the last week that we will not have actual Cardinals football to talk about. It's kind of exciting. It, re- it really is. And like you said, the uh, next Tuesday... A week from tomorrow, the team reports. Then they'll have the first practice on Thursday. And then then we're into it. It's basically nonstop <laughs> for all that time from then until uh, the end of the season. Yeah, you got the bye week in there and, and all that. But but still, it's here. It's here. And, you know, around the league, the Jets, uh, of course, the subject of the of hard knocks, they, their entire team reports on Wednesday, two days. Uh, from now because of course they're in the pro football hall of fame game uh, which is only a couple weeks away uh, uh, two weeks from thursday in fact so uh, they're the first and some other teams have their rookies coming in early this week but the jets will be there with the whole team so it's here no doubt about it right i think i saw the saints their rookies report tomorrow so you're already starting to see along with gang green some of those uh organizations already get started on the 2023 season we're just getting started here today welcome chase thanks yeah happy monday to you looking forward to a great show as well gary coker already firing it up and look this is just we haven't even scratched the surface but i guarantee it welcome to tunes corner clayton tune is going to become a very popular name in the cardinal circles he's going to uh probably light it up on days of training camp, and then he's probably going to have, you know, fifth-round rookie days as well. He's going to have some preseason opportunities. I've maintained it, Howard. I think Clayton Toon, I think this organization wants to give him every opportunity to secure that second and backup quarterback job uh, while Kyle, Kyler Murray's on the mend. And that, it might be a stretch to think he'll be the backup, but yeah. you're right. They're going to give him every opportunity in training camp to get a lot of reps. Uh, I'm sure we'll see him a lot in the three preseason games on is Jeff Driscoll, uh, because this is a guy who can run a little bit. He's got some mobility. I mean, he, he might end up being the backup, but I, I, I think you're right about tune. And just to you know go back just for a quick moment, when you mentioned the saints rookies reporting yeah. tomorrow, that could be significant for the Cardinals because with all there's 13 second round draft picks still unsigned around the NFL. And one of them, is a defensive end, Isaiah Foskey, who was picked right in front mm. of Ojolari. So by the Saints having their rookies in a week before the Cardinals, let's all hope that maybe the Saints get Foskey signed. And so then that becomes probably the next, you know, the next guide, if you will, in terms of the deal that Ojolari will get. So it'll be interesting to watch that over the next week. Yeah, and we're going to get into, you know, the Madden ratings. We're going to get into the DeAndre Hopkins, why he truly ended up signing with the Tennessee Titans, who also haven't signed their second-round pick that belonged to the Arizona Cardinals. At one point, they traded up for the 33rd overall pick. It became Will Levis. He remains unsigned. And, and why Kyler Murray, you know, a lot of the execs and coaches and scouts still believe in Kyler. But, you know, it's interesting. The B.J. Ojolari has been an under-the-radar story. You've written about it, of course, gophnx.com. And with Foskey... And Will Levis at the top of the round, it's all about slotting that guaranteed money, right? And it just trickles down to 41st overall where the Cardinals selected B.J. Ogilari. Am I right by saying that? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. And the interesting thing is, though, with Levis unsigned, and I'm trying to remember, who, who's that for, the first pick of the second round? Yeah, Joey uh, Porter Jr. Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, That becomes an issue, too, to, to a degree, because I'm sure the agent is trying to, trying to say, hey, he should, he, he's the 32nd player overall. Right. That, that's usually a first-round pick, but the slots aren't done that way. So it's almost impossible uh, for the Steelers to, you know, to, 
is it the Steelers who picked him? Yeah. Yeah, yep. I thought it was. I wanted to make sure. It's almost impossible for them to, to go o- over and above that because of the rookie pool. Then all these teams only have a certain amount of overall money that they can sign against, you know, that they can sign guys against the cap. And so, but I'm sure Levis's agents and being a quarterback, that complicates it a little bit, but they're waiting to see what happens with Porter. So there's no doubt that that is how a lot of this slotting goes. And most of the second round picks, except for those first two, are, are all, you know, from 40 to 52 in the second round overall. And only two of those players from 40 to 52, and Ojolari's 41, only two of them have signed so far. Yeah, you expect it to kind of change in the next week or so as, as execs and agents really kind of get back to work as they prepare for the upcoming season? Yeah, I, I would expect that to definitely uh, happen. And, and that's why, especially with Foskey, I mean, he's one in front. So a lot of times these agents, they, they don't want to deal for, do a deal for Ojolari that's too different, in, especially in terms of that guaranteed money in, and guaranteed salaries uh, for, the, for those players. And so, yeah. yeah, I'm sure they're just waiting. You know, they're just waiting to see what happens with Foskey. And the, like I said, the fact that they're coming in a little earlier, hopefully will break that log jam. And uh, perhaps, you know, the Cardinals can get, get him in there by the start of camp. And you do have a little, you know, a couple days of leeway there. Yeah. Report on the 25th. There's not practice till the 27th. And then you're not in pads really for the first four or five days of of camp before you can really put the pads fully on. So, but you still like to have him out there on the field because he wasn't out there on the field at all during OTAs or minicamp. Yeah. You know, JG, Jonathan Gannon, you know, told us as we were sitting in the Cardinals media room that, I mean, maintained that it was, he was just working through an injury, right? A minor injury. And if you kind of follow the, the, just the timeline of BJ Ujolari pre-draft, you know, there's, it was a hamstring, right? Uh, And and we saw him for a cup of coffee when he was out there for rookie mini camp, but we didn't see him beyond that. It, It doesn't seem like, you know, organization would have to, would do much to save faith. It, it just seems like this is league wide. Yes. There, there wouldn't be any reason to hide behind anything over a contract dispute, correct? No, exactly, and that's yeah. that's why this you know this is different than than certainly as we've discussed the Buda Baker uh, situation. This was mm-hmm. this one is different because it is uh, league wide, and it's no different. I mean, I, you know, as of July first, there's been one second round pick signed since July first, and here we are at the seventeenth. Already, yeah. and the number of unsigned guys as of July first in the second round was exactly the same number as last year. So this is nothing new, and this year the contracts are a little different in terms of having more guaranteed money in those base salaries. But even even though they're different, though, that then plays into all these agents wanting to make sure that their deal doesn't look worse uh, than someone you know, especially pit, that might be picked after them. Right, yeah, and it's just the domino pieces that need to kind of fall before B.J. Ujolari, who was selected 41st overall for the Arizona Cardinals, to put ink to paper on his deal. We're pretty confident it's going to happen sooner rather than later as we are here the calm before the storm, the 25th, both the Arizona Cardinals veterans and rookies reporting to minicamp out in Glendale at State Farm Stadium, and they'll take the field, as Howard mentioned, on the 27th, and then it's just... It's ready, set, go for this Arizona Cardinals organization. It's first training camp under Jonathan Gannon and his new coaching staff. Uh, as we sit here in the dog days, though, Howard, I'd love to have this conversation with you because if I'm having it with Johnny, if I'm having it with producer Sean, I'm talking to somebody. We're, we we play Madden here in the office. I don't know really if, if you've spent any time playing Madden, but you know it was, it was puzzling as we saw them start to reveal and unveil Son of the ratings today. We start to see some wide receivers. We start to see some safeties. Buda Baker, the highest rated Cardinal to date so far, probably going to be the highest rated Arizona Cardinal. He comes in at 90. Uh, but what's your experience with Madden football? I mean, it's been around for a quarter of a, of a century now. I mean, 25 iterations of the game. Have you played Madden football before? Very rarely. There was a time when my grown sons uh, played back in the day, and I would dabble a little with them but for the most part I, I just let them play and deal with it i've never been that much of a video game guy although <laughs> i should date myself i remember playing the first the first game uh you know it really wasn't a video game but it was pong on this big old right. console. i used to play that 
but I on the Atari, on the on the original Atari, if I'm right, right? There we go. There we go. So I, I didn't do much, although I will say this: one of the companies I worked for, the Sports Exchange, for about I'm going to say maybe around the '90s, maybe early 2000s, uh, our company uh, for about two or three years, I believe it was, actually did the ratings for uh, for Madden, and okay. that was interesting, and I contributed uh, to that. And, and they have certain things that they want to have in the ratings. And right. they want, you know, cer- certain offensive skill guys and speed guys to have high numbers because they want it, you know, to be played uh, that way. And so you, you do wonder, though, who puts all these together with some of the numbers you see uh, from some of the players as we'll certainly get into. Yeah, let's take a look at these. Uh, these As of right now, we, we don't have a full – they haven't unveiled every single Arizona Cardinals Madden rating, just mostly safeties and wide receivers. Uh, Buda Baker, the highest at 90, which you know a lot of Cardinals fans think is maybe too low. He's the seventh highest rated safety in the entire game. And then you drop about six points to Hollywood Brown. He's an 84 overall. Isaiah Simmons, this was surprising to me. He checks in at 81. So kind of was surprising was Rondell Moore at 80. And then you get to Jalen Thompson. This one, I think, is the is the more, most puzzling of yeah. being in the Cardinals at 79, especially because he's checking in under Isaiah Simmons. And if, if you're looking at them both as safeties, Jalen Thompson is, is a far more superior safety than, than Simmons at this point in his career. Zach Pascal, the wide receiver at 74. Greg Dortz at 73. And then the rookie out of Stanford, third-round pick, Michael Wilson, 69. Now, Howard... Uh, the uh, Madden rating savant. What, what do you have to say about all this? I'm with you 100% on Thompson, and I, I think one of the things, probably while it, why he he's lower than Isaiah, is because Isaiah probably has some pretty high numbers in terms of some of the athleticism uh, categories. And we look at Jalen. It's not to say he's not a good athlete, but it's not like he just jumps off the board with you know with a lot of things. But you would think with his ability, with his awareness things like that, I don't think there's any doubt that, that he should be uh, higher than uh, a 79. The Buddha one is puzzling, and maybe there's some ratings that weren't included in some of their initial you know, reveal, but there were six different categories that had ratings, and all of them were from 91 to 94. Right. So you look at that and you say, well, the heck, how the heck does he come in with a 90? <laughs> now, I, I do recall, and I don't know if they still have it, I do recall that there's a an injury uh, rating uh, yeah. that, that, that is a part of it. And so perhaps he sc- scored a little bit low there because he did have a couple of injuries uh, last season, but he hasn't had many in his entire career. So that one, you know, 90 is a pretty darn good rating to have. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. But when you see those other ones in those six crucial categories that are higher than 90, then you wonder how did it come in at that number? Yeah, the math isn't mathing on this one as far as Buda Baker, no doubt about it, as far as what you get to an overall 90. Uh, but, I mean, to the JT and then Simmons and, and more, like you talk about with, with injuries with, with Moore and, uh, you know, Michael Wilson, their injury rating is similar, and it's two guys who can't stay on the field, and it, and it doesn't seem to play the biggest role as far as what's going to take your overall rating down. And, look, at the end of the day, I mean, you look at these these Madden ratings, and you know, I I I like to say that I don't give a crap about them, but it, 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 I do I do get kind of uh, I I do get riled up looking at it just because I want it to make sense. And when you've got Jalen Thompson, a guy who you know ever since he was the supplemental draft pick of the Arizona Cardinals out of Washington State so many seasons ago, and all he's done is get better and better each and every year. And then to see Isaiah Simmons, who you still don't even know what his defined role is on this team, check in a couple points at him. Like, I just want it to make sense. And, you know, it feels like a lot of these, it just doesn't doesn't make sense. Chase saying in the chat, Jalen got done and dirty for sure. Uh, I wonder what positions they have for Simmons playing. They actually have Simmons as a strong safety uh, in Madden. So it just, it, it's, it's a little weird. It's going to be really fascinating to see as they do this the rest of the week. They're going to roll out you know quarterbacks they're gonna roll out running backs they're gonna roll out linebackers so we'll see like we're you know Zayvon Collins and of course Kyler Murray who's always a polarizing rating as far as rat Madden goes but it's it just doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me I, I think as far as you know because they these are not 
just numbers that are going to stick, you know, this day and age where they can kind of update things and they'll, they'll start to uh, update it as go, the season goes along. I, I got to imagine a Michael Wilson is somebody as uh, the only place to go is up with his rating at 69. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And I think, you know, rookies of course are the toughest ones uh, to rate uh, because you, you can obviously look at certain things like athleticism and all that, but, but they haven't played in the NFL yet. So you don't know about, you know, some of the other things that are important about being a, you know, a successful player. And so, like you said, the only way to go uh, is up. And, you know, I think one of the things back to Isaiah uh, for, for a moment, and especially that I, I think all of us are sitting there as we've talked about scratching our heads in terms of how he's going to be used. I, I, I don't see him as much a strong safety as he is more of a free, but when you look at, you know, assuming Buda Baker is going to be here, then you've got mm -hmm. him and Thompson as your, your two base safeties. And so where does Isaiah Sim Simmons fit in in that? So I'm, right. I'm not convinced while I think he will get most of his snaps at safety, there's going to be a bunch of them that I think he's going to be up, you know, up in front of the defensive backs, almost lined up, you know, as a linebacker, depending on what the offense is doing on that particular play. So I think it does become a little difficult to rate him. I think a lot of it, like, like I said, is about his athleticism and his yeah. ability to make plays, but you know, so much is tough to really project now because you're just not sure how this new coaching staff with a new defense is going to utilize. Them. Yeah. It, it's really ton, tough to pinpoint. I mean, over the weekend we saw that Isaiah Simmons embracing his, his role as a full-time defensive back. That's, that's kind of the extent of what we know. He'd said that to us uh, a couple months ago, he's going to be working out with the defensive backs going forward. And he goes to Ryan Clark's uh, DB precision kind of retreat uh, and he's really kind of embracing that role. He played most of his snaps last year in the slot. Is he going to be kind of a glorified nickel or slot corner? Or is he going to be kind of moving up in the box a little bit like uh, like uh, Adrian Wilson did back in the day? It would be interesting to really see how J.G. and Nick Rollis utilize the uh, athleticism and versatility of Isaiah Simmons. That's definitely going to be something that we're going to be covering throughout training camp. But I got to tell you, uh, before we move forward about the true reason of why DeAndre Hopkins is going to be wearing a Tennessee Titans uniform. I want to tell you the other day I came home after wrapping up a show and I get home, my wife and my kid are there and we didn't have any setup for dinner. And the, we had only one, one so, or two solutions. One was to go out, go to the grocery store, get back out in the 110 degree heat or uh, we go to our friends over at a uh, new sponsor of ours, Factor Meal Kits, and we put together one of the Factor Meal Kits, and it was unbelievable. It was my first Factor Meal Kit that we had, we had made together. We took all the ingredients, built the meal up. It was fantastic, and when you're too busy uh, with your plans, your work, you get back. everybody getting back to school, we're going to be busy with training camp. You don't have a whole lot of time to figure out you know, meal prep and all that. Factor does all the hard work for you. It's fresh, never frozen meals that are ready in just two minutes. And all you have to do is heat them up and then you get back uh, at, you know, poolside, turn it on the TV, watching you know, quarterback on Netflix, whatever you want to be doing with all your time. You don't have to spend any more time thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner, go-to meals. You got smart meals around less than 550 calories per serving. Not going to bust uh, bust your belt line there. Uh, they got vegan veggie meals each week as well. The round out everything that you want. You can do add-ons. You can figure out breakfast items. Don't miss out on any of the factor meals that they have going on right now. Go to factormeals.com slash phnx cards 50 uh, you use that code, you'll get 50% off. That's PHNX Cards 50. That's our specific promo code that's going to save you 50% off. That's PHNX Cards 50 to get 50% off Factor Meals at factormeals.com. Don't miss out on this. Speaking of ease and convenience, hitting up Circle K. Got a Circle K right at the uh, corner of where I live. Uh, in Phoenix, it's uh, my go-to. You got to check out Circle K. Text PHNX to 31310 for buy one, get one free. Polar Pops, don't miss out on this. Stock up at Circle K, America's Thirst Stop. It's uh, with, with temperatures around 118, I think it was yesterday. You don't want to be uh, parched. You got to get make sure that you're, you're hydrated. Uh, you got the Powerades, four for five bucks. 
entered to be one of 10 finalists for a 2023 Ford Big Bend Bronco SUV. It's unbelievable. Buy two, get one free. Monster Energy drinks right now. And then you got the Beatbox Hard Tea. You buy two, you get one free. So many deals you don't want to miss out on at Circle K. Uh, make sure to text that PHNX code to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get that buy one, get one free. 32-ounce Polar Pops. Head over to CircleK.com slash store dash locator. That's CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. Okay, so over the weekend... Little tasty treat after just a full offseason worth of speculation. Which uniform is DeAndre Hopkins going to be wear, uh, wearing? Uh, we get this nugget from Ian Rappaport, and this was multiple reports. There are a bunch of people all over all over the story, but DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Howard, after him saying, you know, the top five quarterbacks he would want to play with. You want to play with Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Jalen Hurts. The list goes on and on. I don't think you anybody had uh, Ryan Tannehill or uh, Malik Willis or Will Levis on that bingo card, but the Titans are giving DeAndre Hopkins a two-year, $26 million deal worth up to $32 million in incentives. And and I think Rapsheet even tweeted out, you know, what it would take to get uh, to tap into those incentives, but he gets a $12 million base in year one with a chance to get up to $15 million. Biggest takeaway after seeing DeAndre Hopkins uh, the latest former wide receiver one to land in Nash in Nashville. Yeah, the Tannehill aspect of it is is somewhat surprising, especially when you consider that what what Hopkins said himself and and some of the public things you know during this you know long off season where he talked about you know the type of quarterback that he wants to be with and you know and all these things and yet I don't think you would put Ryan Tannehill on that list and so. This does seem to be a to be a decision that that DeAndre made, you know, based on the best contract right. that he could get. The other thing that jumps out at me, Bo, is this: I find it very interesting that the one speci- one of the specifics of the contract, as you said, uh, Ian Rappaport spelled out all the incentives of what he has to get to to reach three million in incentives each year yeah. of the contract. Those numbers came out before we know the signing bonus, before we know the total guarantee in the deal, and how is the second year of this contract structured in terms of that? Is there any guarantees in the second year? I mean, he mm-hmm. mentioned that he's getting a base of $12 million. I wonder if that's absolutely accurate because base normally means salary. Right. So that would leave $14 million remaining, and what's that made of? Is there a signing bonus in there? Does his base salary go down next year? Or is that $12 million for this year? Is that really a combination of salary and signing bonus? And so those are the things we don't know yet. We'll know yeah. within a few days, but we don't know it yet. And so I think that's pretty interesting. And then even when you look at those incentives, I, I, I did a little chart of what all of DeAndre's stats in those three categories, receptions, yards right. and touchdowns for the 10 seasons he's played in the NFL. He maxed out with the 3 million incentives three times with the last one being five years ago in 2018, he reached 2.5 million twice, 1.5 million once, 2 million once. And then in 2021 here with the Cardinals, 750,000. Yeah. That was the only one that, that he reached. And that was with his, eight touchdowns. And then last year, nothing. And so you really wonder how he's going to be able to Mac, you know, reach some of those incentives with Ryan Tannehill. Doesn't mean he won't. I mean, the guy's still a very good player, no doubt about it. But we also know that, I mean, I looked at AJ Brown when he was with the Titans. If you use the same numbers that were in Hopkins incentives in 2021, AJ Brown would have made 750,000. Now the year before was better. He would have made 2.25 million. That was a big year. Uh, yeah. So, but you still do wonder how how this is going to play out with 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 DeAndre reaching those incentives. He's certainly going to have to play most of the games for him to reach them. Right. That's the big question: whether he will, because that hasn't happened for the last two seasons. I feel like this contract is built, you know, a lot like just the Tennessee Titans' entire roster. I mean, the, the margin for error 
is very slim, if not, you know, non-existent as far like for him to cash in on all those incentives for him to maximize himself for the Titans to maximize themselves as a football team. Like everything has to go a hundred percent. Correct. Like as far as, you know, Ryan Tannenhill Hill and his availability, because otherwise you're, you're relying on Malik Willis and you're relying on Will Levis, whatever decision they go as far as the backup quarterback. And it's not great. It's a steep fall off. And that's, saying a lot considering we're talking about Ryan Tannehill and then you got Derek Henry. I mean, beyond Derek Henry, like what's, what's the running back situation look like? So, you know, they're betting on that trio to do a lot of the heavy lifting and you know, it's a run heavy offense. I mean, it's no joke. I mean, back, I remember in the, in, in the COVID season, it was Mike Rabel wearing a mask onto the team plane that just says, give the ball to Derrick Henry. Like, that's their philosophy, and it should continue to be. It's, it's, it turns out to be successful, but, you know, and, and it sets up the play action, which makes Ryan Tannehill a lot better quarterback, and I think it sets up quality looks for DeAndre Hopkins. But, you know, in order to get to these incentives – it doesn't seem that like it bodes well for a guy like D-Hop. But, you know, I think the message for uh, as far as DeAndre Hopkins, especially after an offseason's worth of speculation, it, it's clear after he signed with the t- Tennessee Titans. It wasn't about winning, and it wasn't about maybe continuing to add to that legacy and strengthening his stats, potentially for the Pro Football Hall of Fame that we'll talk about here later on the show. I, it was all about the almighty dollar. It was all about maximizing his earning potential potentially one more time at the NFL level, and then maybe he'll go ring chase after this is all said and done. Like you said, we don't know what the guarantees are in year two. It could be just kind of a one-year, you know, two-year deal, and he could be back out there in the offseason looking for work next year. But, you know, it came down to the money. And I don't think the Arizona Cardinals were ever, like, there was never a conversation. I think they were realistic about this, that DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, he would have had to take a significant pay cut and in order to make it work for the Arizona Cardinals, he would have to absorb basically all his guaranteed money. He would have to pretty much put it all in 2023 because at the end of the day, I think it came down to Howard, the Arizona Cardinals didn't want DeAndre Hopkins' bulky contract on the books beyond 2023. That was the ultimate goal for them this offseason. No question. You know, no question about it. And and when you also look at it from this framework, I mean, let's remember his 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 contract for this year with the Cardinals called for just under $19.5 million. So if he's truly only receiving $12 million this year, well, that, that's a pretty big pay cut right there. And so, granted, you know, you look at the Titans, and certainly even though they had a lot of issues last year, they, they, they were the first-place team in that division until they started getting some injuries down the stretch that, that almost rivaled the Cardinals in terms of their offensive line and Tannehill and some other players. And I think they ended up losing seven games in a row. Uh, something like that to end the regular season. So certainly they still have, you know, a, a, a probably a better overall roster, some consistency in their coaching staff and, and a lot of those things. But sure. that, that becomes a question too. I mean, the two teams that he visited, one coached obviously by Bill Belichick, the other coached by Mike Grable, who was a Belichick disciple and played for Belichick. And so you wonder, and there's been a lot said that, well, maybe the Patriots didn't want a guy who kind of you know, doesn't like to practice and doesn't practice much. But something tells me that Mike Grable doesn't like those guys either. So this, this is this is a very interesting mix, a very interesting uh, relationship. And so it's going to be very intriguing to see the way it plays out. And, of course, now here it is, the date that we're at, July 17th, and he hasn't had one day with the team. He hasn't worked with the quarterback, doesn't know the offense has you know, all, all those things that have to happen. And then if, if Ryan Tannehill gets hurt, I mean, he missed five games uh, last season. So if something happens with him, then you're going with you know very a lot of inexperience at that quarterback position, obviously. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's pretty clear, cut and dry. I'd be curious to see if maybe some of the insiders, if there was any other traction from any of the teams. It just doesn't seem like – felt like – the Bills, the Chiefs, they were all willing to take him. They, they would probably open up the, their arms wide open if if he was willing to take, you know, somewhere close to the vet minimum. But that's not – I mean, the numbers that we're looking at, even if it's it doesn't include those incentives, I mean, a two-year $26 million deal uh, and, and looking at what the base money would be, it's just – it doesn't come close to what, you know, a vet minimum would get. I mean, it's significantly more – and. Look, good for DeAndre Hopkins if that's what he wanted to do. But but don't try to like 
don't tell me you want to you want to go contend for Lombardi and and then go sign with the Titans, whose quarterback positions in flux, their rosters uh, turning over, and it's you know riding this fine line, and maybe not even fine, just this line of competing and rebuilding. New general manager, uh, you know they they've got they've had some changes, especially on the offensive uh, play calling side of the of the ball. Uh, it just seems like an organization in flux, and and not one that if you're a a player. Um, really trying to continue your legacy that's that's rich like DeAndre Hopkins uh, that it wouldn't be the ideal landing spot like just I, I can't I can't see somebody kind of spit shine that up enough for me to to get me to believe that I just can't so uh, but look he's he's a 93 on we talk about nine, a Madden ratings he's a 93 he would have been probably the Arizona Cardinal yeah it's pretty crazy I mean it's because he's probably got like a 98 or 99 catch rating uh his route running is still pretty precise um so i I don't they don't take madden doesn't take in consideration that he's missed half the games one for ped suspension the other for injuries um and and some of the other you know red flags that organizations viewed with with deandre hopkins when his his trade market plummeted to where the arizona cardinals ended up releasing him uh on a friday before uh what was it was it memorial day weekend or was it yeah, well, yeah, it was right before. Yeah, it was Friday when the Cardinals announced it before yeah. Memorial Day weekend, and then it didn't become official until right. his contract was terminated on the Tuesday, the day after Memorial Day, on on May thirtieth. So yeah, it's, and so look how long it took him to get signed. I think one other significant thing, Bo, with this contract is how the first level of incentives is sixty five receptions, seven hundred and fifty yards, and four touchdowns. What's significant about that? is every one of those numbers is more than what he had last year. And, of mm-hmm. course, he missed a lot of games, but he was 64 for 717 with three touchdowns. And why that is significant is because of the way incentives work against the salary cap. Uh, and, and there's two levels of incentives. One is called likely to be earned, and if they're considered likely to be earned, they count against the cap this year. If it's unlikely to be earned, and what decides that, it's all based on last year's number. So all of these incentives are unlikely to be earned. And so none of them count against the cap this year. Now, if he reaches any of them, that will go against the cap next year. But the point I'm getting at, too, is that teams like Buffalo and Kansas City, which you would think would have been great spots for him, especially in terms of wanting to win and the quarterbacks that are mm-hmm. there, they didn't have a lot of cap space. But mm-hmm. they could have been trying to structure a contract that had you know less money in this year a signing bonus and made, and who knows the Tennessee contract might have voidable years also, which right. allows you to, uh, you know, prorate the signing bonus over additional years that aren't really part of the contract, but they could have offered Hopkins even more incentives, you know, even higher incentives to, to get him there. And then if he reaches them, it's great for them and good and good for him, obviously, but none of it would go against those teams cap uh, that team's cap until next year. So yeah. I don't know if those, those teams talked about it. You have to believe they must have been thinking of a way to structure because it was always said that they were in the conversation uh, for a lot of the time. But they, you know, it, it seems like that Hopkins, you know, very well might not have, you know, wanted that. Uh, right. And he wanted to make as much money, you know, to get as much money this year, at least as close as possible to what he was supposed to make if he had been on the Cardinals. I mean, every NFL player has a competitive streak, right? But then there's there's that battle, I would think. And I think J.J. Watt outlined it pretty well in the final, you know, couple episodes of Hard Knocks where he talks about the, the small shelf life of these careers. And, you know, it comes into you've got this small window where you can maximize, obviously, your peak playing years, your peak earning potential, and then your opportunities to win. And, and it's really, you know, when you have – the chances at all, at all three of them, it's rare. Uh, and in DeAndre Hopkins' case, especially with some of the red flags surrounding him, I think he had to figure out, you know, at thir- going into his age 31 season, you know, wh- where he, at this point in this offseason, his career, what he wanted to maximize. And it was his earning potential. And then I think maybe he views, okay, once the guaranteed dollars kind of dwindle and, and go away, he'll go sign and become, you know, a complimentary wide receiver on a really well-built built roster and then go ring chase maybe in a, in a season or two. But right now, this is maybe his last chance to 
to earn a two-year, $226 million, you know, potentially $32 million contract uh, in his career at this stage. So uh, it, it's 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 a real it's it's a, a really fascinating story just because of what we thought it going into this offseason and then what reality was as far as how the league views a wide receiver like DeAndre Hopkins and also the fact that you you when he's out there and he's between the lines he's still a very impactful wide receiver he really is he changed what, what he brought to the table when he returned from his six game suspension and they're playing Thursday night football against the Saints and you know we talked to Kyler we talked to at the time Cliff Kingsbury who's the play caller what he does and what he forces the defense to show you and set up uh it, it's just it's it's pretty un- unbelievable that no team's like oh we we don't want to trade even like a late round draft pick for that. And, and his, he just, there was no market for him. Uh, there is a market for shady rays, obviously premium polarized sunglasses for a great price. And you need to take advantage of the best deal of the season using the code PHNX. You can get 50% off two or more pairs of shady rays sunglasses. Just go to shadyrays.com. It's an independent sunglasses company. They have actually got a brick and mortar store here in the Valley of the Sun, their new location up there in Carolyn Commons in North Scottsdale. Check it out. It's unbelievable. You can try on all the glasses that they have for sale right there at Carolyn Commons and, and go online and buy the, the Shady Rays of your choice for a pretty decent price, right? 50% off two or more pairs. 250,000 people are giving them five stars or more. They've rated them five stars or more. Don't miss out. Don't, uh, don't leave your eyes unprotected and not looking cool any longer. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use that promo code PHNX. Also, let's build the stack. Let's build a stack right now on BetMGM right now as we gear up for the NFL season. Of course, we're going to be out at the BetMGM Sportsbook every game day. It's right there on the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. But sign up right now. Join us at BetMGM. Uh, get the bonus bets right now. Uh, sign up with the code PHNX. And it's been going on. BetMGM players will receive a bonus bet upon login in the BetMGM Sportsbook every Friday. It continues. Uh, actually, you've got the the bonus bets going on. Also, you've got uh, a lot of other great opportunities on BetMGM that you don't want to miss out on. But the key thing is for you to utilize that code PHNX when you sign up. There's different offers depending on where you live, but it's for our Arizona audience. And uh, you got to check out the show notes, of course, for the full details. But our guy, Shane Diefenbach, is going to tell you all about it in our disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Yeah, take advantage, of course, their BetMGM swing for the fences as well. Uh, it's easy. You just download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS, Android, uh, and basically just depending on the area of the strike zone you pick in this contest, you get a single, double, triple, or home run pop out and receive a prize associated with that type of hit. Uh, you play it once a day, and uh, prizing must be used on MLB and expires in 24 hours. But it's a fun little game to play. On the BetMGM Sportsbook, make sure you're signing up with that code PHNX. All right, so what the greatest running back in Arizona Cardinals franchise history, Howard, is finally uh, going to get maybe his flowers by the end of the month. So you're going to be headed out there. Of course, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is going to enshrine a new class. But with that, uh, we find out whether or not Otis Anderson is going to make it to the next step. Because as of right now, Otis Anderson is a semifinalist, uh, a senior semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that and that is for the class of 2024. Yeah. So here, here we are a couple of weeks away from this year's class being enshrined for 2023. But it's already beginning for planning for next year's uh, class. And so... And I'm I'm humbled obviously I'm humbled to be on the overall selection committee, and I'm also part of the seniors uh, committee. I guess for good reason, right? <laughs> but uh, but so we voted on a, we had a list, Bo, of 199 nominees that we had to pare down. So we vote we each voted. There's only 12 of us 
on that committee. We have, we voted for 20, uh, for 25. And I, I will say that a lot of those on the 199, I don't even know why they were on there. It was just kind of right. a lot of weird stuff. But bottom line is we voted for 25. And because of ties, there were 30, there are 31 semifinalists. And the one thing we don't know is how many votes all these guys got. And so there was a tie at least at 25 to go to 31. Well, there it might have been a, it might might have been the same, it might have been a first tie at 23 or 22. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And then and who knows if they only got one or two votes. But we don't know that. We just know they're all semifinalists and all you know eligible. There's nine guys on that list that were in the final 12 last year and did not advance to the final three, of which they'll be in here, Joe Klecko, Ken Riley, and Chuck Howley. So I I don't have a lot of confidence that Otis is going to move on. I was glad yeah. to see him on that list. I thought he should have been on it before. I thought he at least should have been a semifinalist or a finalist at some point during his modern day eligibility. Because yeah. here's a guy, Bo, I don't know if people realize this. When he retired, when he retired, he was seventh all-time in rushing touchdowns and eighth all-time in yards. And yet it was as if people just forgot about him. And I, yeah. I don't get it. You know, he had – you know, the years with the Cardinals, then he moved on to the Giants. He was a Super Bowl MVP. And, you know, people watching can see that photo there. I'll never forget, though. I was in St. Louis at the time, and I didn't know that much about him. He played at University of Miami. They weren't that good of a team. They weren't on TV much. And of course, we're going back to the late 70s. Right. And I remember seeing him the first day. I don't remember if it was mini camp or training camp. And I just looked at this physical specimen and said, oh, my goodness. That you, you can just look at him and say, this guy should be a player. And he, you know, he just made his mark immediately. He, he set a rookie record for rushing yards. And I'll never forget his first play. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't think it might not have been his first play, but it was early in a game against Dallas that mm-hmm. the Cardinals were playing at home. And a little hole opened up to the left, and he got through it so fast and went something like 76 yards for a touchdown. It was unbelievable. And Bush Stadium at the time only sat, only seated fifty-one thousand for football. Yeah, if it had a roof, it would have blown off. That's how loud it was. It was, it was just amazing. And the guy had a, he had a great career. And you know, maybe not in the, you know, the Emmett Smiths and the Walter Paytons, but I think he's at least deserving to be discussed. And it'll be interesting to see if he moves on. And we'll know that. We won't know it by, well, we will know, we will know by Hall of Fame weekend if he made it to the twelve, because we all vote this week. And then the final 12 will be announced on July 27th. So we'll know if he made it to the 12. I'm hopeful. I'm not optimistic because, I mean, you look at, there's so many unbelievable players on this list that that all were overlooked. You know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of guys on these lists that were never discussed when they, in their modern day eligibility. It's it's something like 18 guys were never finalists when they were in their modern day. and, and, And Otis is one of them. It raises awareness to Cardinals fans. Obviously, it's tough because he played just for the St. Louis Cardinals and then the Giants beyond that. But, like, I mean, we had the graphic up there, even with guys who David Johnson, who played a lot of big snaps for this organization and played at a high level for a short amount of time. It, he, he still, Otis Anderson is the, the franchise late rank, uh, top rushing attempts, rushing yards. With Why couldn't we get this guy one extra yard in a Cardinals uniform to get it to 8,000? That. <laughs> The OCD of me is going crazy with 7,999 yards, 46 rush, uh, rushing touchdowns, and he averaged over 80 yards per game. You talk about that rookie season. He averaged over 100 yards rushing per game in a Cardinals uniform in his 1979 rookie season. Pretty unbelievable. And when you think about you know the greatest uh, running backs in Cardinals history, I mean, this is the guy. So uh, be be exciting. I mean, it, it's just good that he's made it this far. And fans who probably didn't know about Otis Anderson otherwise now know, okay, here's the guy that's the top, all the leading major leading rushing statistics in franchise history. Uh, and, you know, I, I can't imagine, you know, a guy, like, let's keep in perspective, like, James Conner's been in this organization for two seasons. He's got 26 touchdowns. He's still 20 away from Otis Anderson, who had 46. Like, guys have had good seasons you know one to two maybe three max as a cardinals running back nobody's strung together uh as otis did 
eight seasons, you know, with the Cardinals organization and can pretty well consistently uh, played at a high level. So uh, it is pretty astounding as well that he he's not really gotten that much respect, even in his original, you know, opportunity to make it to, to Canton. And it, and it sounds like t- to you, you're, you're not too optimistic that it's going to happen, but we're still having this conversation Another guy we have a conversation about before we get out of here. I noticed uh, is Jeremy Fowler and the the uh, those pundits and analysts, experts over at ESPN continue their series where they tap into execs, coaches, scouts, players around the league, and they survey them and they get top ten players at each position. Now the Arizona Cardinals have been pretty much snubbed uh, and left out on most of the top ten lists, from you know offensive tackles to guards to running backs to, you know, cornerbacks and, and tight ends. But Buda Baker was fourth on the safeties list. And then I see on quarterbacks, say, I'm not expecting to see Kyler Murray's name on this list. One, because, you know, he's kind of a polarizing figure. Uh, two, obviously, he's coming off the ACL and, and the meniscus injury and the surgery, right? Uh, but I see that, you know, he received votes as a top 10 quarterback. And I think that's important for Cardinals fans to realize that, He's recognized around the league still as as a legitimate talent at the quarterback position. No, no question about it. He he does have the respect of a lot of people uh, in the NFL, and obviously there's a lot of question marks uh, with him right now because of all the reasons that we all know and then and that you just mentioned. But inability, and I, I think what everyone is certainly wondering is what will he be like when he does come back and is healthy. You know, yeah. will he be the same? You know, will he be the same guy, especially in terms of running the football? Or will there be some caution, especially in the beginning? And so that that's why it's just really hard to get a handle on what it's going to be like for him uh, this year. And and then the other thing is, when it, whenever it is he gets on the field, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And that, that to me, you know, Bo, I've said this many times, it's, it's one of the big questions about him is that, yes, this is the most serious injury he's had. You know, a couple of the other seasons were also, you know, affected by injuries, whether it was the shoulder in 2020, uh, the next year in 2021 with the hamstring and, you know, and, and that and then the uh, the high ankle sprain. And so can he stay healthy? I think that remains, you know, the biggest question about him because you just can't keep having injuries that even if they don't even if you don't miss games, that they're affecting the way you play on the field. And so that. That, that, to me, is the thing he has to prove the most, is being able to stay on the field. Because I think the, the ability, we know the ability is there to do so many things on the field as a quarterback. Yeah, it's, it is really important, especially with the last two seasons. I mean, coming off his first serious injury that's impacted his career uh, this past December and then had surgery in January, uh, you did have the nagging injuries. You had the hamstring. You had the ankle um, and I mean, you, you saw those injuries happen, you know, the, the slide as far as the ankle and the Packers game, and then how long that kept him out, kept him out, I think three weeks at the time. And then he had the hamstring last, last year where he injured it against the Vikings and then re-aggravated against the, the Seahawks and then, you know, missed some time. It's, it's going to be important. Hopefully, you know, with, with Drew Petzing's offense and, and, and maybe bulking up on the offensive line is going to keep him out of harm's way. But you think about those injuries, and it wasn't really because, you know, somebody missed their assignment blocking and he was just, you know, feasted on him. He's never really truly been squared up. You just hope that these these tiny nagging injuries uh, don't consistently pop up each and every season. And, and I think that that's an important part of this. Like when we when the Arizona Cardinals put Kyler Murray back on the on the playing field, you'd hope that he can stay out there for, you know, the remainder of the time, right? If he's, he's put out there, you know, week five, that he makes it all the way through week 18 and, and plays, you know, all those games and shows this organization that, you know, sure, he was he had a couple injuries the previous two seasons, but going forward, he's going to be a guy that, you know, with the rehab he did and, and the shape he's in, that that's going to put him in a position to be successful. And, and you know, I, I don't remember Jacoby Brissett dealing with injuries and, taking shots, you know, from an offense that Drew Petson comes over from Cleveland. So hopefully more of an emphasis on the running game, a balked up offensive line puts Kyler Murray in a position to be uh, more successful and, and stay on the playing field. One thing that makes us more successful is our partnership with Four Peaks. 
It's our beer partner. We love Four Peaks. It's a magical place to go check out any game and also, of course, check out all the beer that they brew on location. Uh, of course, Kilt Lifters, the flagship, they've got the number one wow wheat, uh, the number one wheat beer in the state of Arizona. All the IPAs you can dream about, it's right there at Four Peaks. Check them out on social media as well, at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub for the latest on Arizona's premier craft brewery. If you're going over to Four Peaks, you're going to indulge in the beer. you got to be 21 years or older, and we ask that you do it responsibly. Also, if you're in Tempe, another place to check out. Our friends over at Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's, especially on Mondays, is the spot to be. They've got Margarita Mondays. Can't go wrong with that. And then on Tuesdays, they've got Taco Tuesdays. Illegal Pete's, of course, is the uh, strongest margarita in Arizona. Irresistible drinks, mouth-watering food with all your little heart that will fill your heart's desires. Full menu, bowls, tacos, salads, burritos, and nachos, and that piping hot queso. Go to Legal Beats, Pete's, your go-to spot this summer. Kick back, enjoy that ice-cold margarita, cool off the bucket with high noons. They've got the five high noons for 22 bucks, And follow them on Instagram, at Illegal Pete's, and make sure this summer continues to be one for the books at Illegal Pete's. Wrapping up a big addition here, a PHNX Cardinals with Howard Balzer. Howard, what do we got in the works? What's gonna, what are we going to see soon up at gophnx.com? I'm going to do some things, you know, I know I did something last week on Kyler Murray and, you know, a preview, so to speak, of what was going to be in flight plan. And I'm going to follow that up uh, with with some other takeaways uh, from that and, and, you know, and those things. And uh, then, then we're getting ready to, you know, kind of preview camp and preview the season. And, and at some point in the next week or so, uh, I'll have, you know, a story on, you know, you're talking about Otis Anderson, a story on Don Coriel, yeah. you know, 50 years ago was hired by Bill Bidwell, uh, the owner of the Cardinals. And it was kind of an out-of-the-box hire and hired 50 years ago. And here he is finally now getting his due after what he did as a head coach with the Cardinals and uh, the San Diego Chargers. So I'll have a deep dive into that. And, you know, just the fact, I, I mean, I've maintained, Bo, that if Bill Bidwell hadn't hired Don Coriel back then, he had been at San Diego State, I believe was 19 years at the time, if he hadn't hired him, who knows if he ever gets a job in the NFL. And if he doesn't get a job in the NFL, obviously he's not going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it was, you know, pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good hire, obviously. Unfortunately, like many, it didn't work out in the long run after they had three great seasons. But, but still what he accomplished as a head coach is, is unique. And we, we still see the offense that he put in in St. Louis and in San Diego. We still see – that in the NFL today, it stood the test of time. Yeah, you got to look for those articles coming up. GoPHNX.com. As Howard said, he's got the one from last week, kind of the, the Kyler Murray flight plan uh, article. You got to check that out for yourself as well and become a diehard. Of course, get yourself in the mix. Uh, get some of the perks that all our diehards get with its exclusive uh, access to the member Discord, and you get the full access to the website. You get some free swag like this PHNX shirt. We've got hats. Everything at the PHNX Locker. You can get uh, yearly perks from uh, becoming a diehard at gophnx.com. Howard, always a pleasure to keep up with you, catch up with you, hear what your thoughts are on the upcoming Arizona Cardinals season. You and I are both going to be out there every day at training camp. Cannot wait for that. It's uh, it's coming too soon and can't get here soon enough. Can't wait for it. Next week, we will be out there in Glendale. Thanks for joining us today.